Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to Doc G Show. I'm your host. Doc G with me as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus, Charette. Say what? D-O-C to the single G. What's up, sir? Single G. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thought yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I'm, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not doing bad, Mike. How about yourself? Nice. I'm feeling pretty good, man. Eight, 8.5, you know, the usual, the baseline, uh, baseline mood. You had the birthday last week. You're feeling yeah. you're feeling older, wiser, more mm-hmm. more phenomenal. I'm gonna add that. Yeah, in I like yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I like it. Well, phenomenal, Mike. Let's not hesitate. Let's get right in there. The lifeguard movie review part two. Huh? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, uh. listeners. We're not doing it again. <laughs> listeners, we're right there at the button. They were like, "Oh God, not another." Don't worry. <laughs> We're not doing another review this week, listeners. Not another one this week. Maybe in the coming weeks. But, Mike, I was spending some time looking at some real estate this week. Word. Oh. Yeah? I don't think, I'm, I don't, I don't think I'm really actually like, you know, I'm not buying anything. Nope. But I was just looking, you know? Just looking. I was okay. like, what kind, of, what, kind of, what kind of house would I like? You know, hmm. what kind of house would be in my price range? You know, yeah. that 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 kind yeah. of stuff. Just looking mm-hmm. at those kind of things, and uh, so I, I would say I'm I'm perusing more than anything. And I mean, it's not really a great time to get into a, ha- a house, anyways. You know, it's a pretty hard seller's market going on right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's not not look. I need I need you know not that I'm hoping for one, but I need another 2008 market crash, and then I'll yeah, just a little one, yeah. I'll jump in there then. But um, yeah, when I, when I was looking over this real estate, Mike, uh, I did see somebody else who was doing some real estate um, perusing themselves. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. And these people do not care what kind of market it is. Nope. And they don't really care because they're insanely rich, Mike. Oh, yeah. Those people. Yeah. Jay-Z and Beyonce. That's who I'm talking oh, yeah. about. Oh, yeah. Unlimited money. They, uh, Mike, I don't know if you've kept up with their uh, houses. Uh, I don't know why you would. But <laughs> they've got a lot <laughs> of houses. That's a fact. They yeah. have, I mean, they have houses all over the country. Uh, they've got a real nice one in Bel Air. Uh, that's uh, worth roughly $88 million. Jeez. You know? But uh, apparently, that wasn't cutting it for them. Nope. Apparently, they were like, you know what? I mean, this house is nice, but what if we want to go to the beach? Mm-hmm. We're, lo- we're like five miles away from the beach here in Bel Air. That's, I mean, you know, when you're in L.A., that's like 45-minute commute. That's just not going to oh, yeah. cut it. You know? No. So... Seeing as how they needed a beach house, Mike, they scraped together a few dollars and bought one. Um, <laughs> they purchased a house, uh, a house oceanfront in Malibu, cozy little humble abode, thirty thousand square feet. Wow. 
That should Mike, be enough. Mike, I Googled it. That's two-thirds the size of an average Publix grocery store. Mm. So, okay. That's, so, a, that's a good... A lot of square footage. <laughs> It's that's a, a good visual. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's a <laughs> lot of square footage. I tried to do Walmart, but it wasn't anywhere close to a Walmart. A Walmart's gigantic. Walmart yeah. average square yeah, footage is 150,000 square feet. And I was like, okay, one one fifth the size, that's not going to be impressive. That's not that's not enough. Anyways, Mike, apparently their 30,000 square foot house is the most expensive home ever sold in California. Doc G, actually, quick uh, calculation. I don't know if you can do this. How many basketball courts is it? Hmm. Oh, that's that's a good question. That's, it's... <laughs> Too late of a joke, Doc G. I'm so sorry. I should have asked that right when you said the Publix. No, no, All I'm right. going to. Okay. I mean, that's a good question, Mike. How many basketball courts could they fit in that <laughs> house? I want to know. But you it's. I've been watching the final or the yeah. playoffs, and, uh, you know, I'm trying to. B ball on the mind. Yeah. Uh, it's it's apparently like I said though it's the most expensive house in California. I was like, holy crap! In California, I was like, yeah. what if it were sold in Mississippi? There's a good chance it would have been worth more than the state. That's a fact. It would have just mm-hmm. been like, ah, oh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's more expensive than Jackson, Mississippi combined. Um, but any guesses how expensive it was, Mike? Got any idea? Uh, I. Th- mm- I think I saw an article, something about that they were shopping for a house, and I, saw, I thought I remember something like a 200 million, something like that. Bingo. Bingo. $200 yeah. million dollars is 200 they, million. 200 wow. million. That's what they closed on. That's what they closed oh on. Oh, my gosh. Uh, in case you're wondering, listeners, that's 574 times the average cost of a home in America. 574 times. Wow. Uh, Mike, and, and think about that. Pretty dope. They've now got two houses about five miles away from each other. One worth $88 million and one worth $200 million. I mean, I don't know how big Jay-Z is going out for jogs, but I'd be pretty psyched that I could jog from one house to the other and just, you know, not have to worry about it. Oh, yeah, I'm already home. I'm home again. Mm-hmm. Nice. And just yeah. go into your other house. That's nice. Uh, side note, Mike. Page Six reported that they purchased this house in cash. What? Okay, that's believable. They're bu- they're billionaires, right? In f- cash, Mike. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's not really hard math, <clears throat> but in case you hadn't done it, listeners, that's $2,100 bills. Jeez, I'm I'm guessing they did this through like just bank transactions, like liquid funds. Like they didn't actually back up an armored truck and were like, "Here you go, here's all of your one hundred (laughs) dollars." Like, just like, but that is ridiculous, Mike. Two hundred bags with dollar signs on them. Yeah, (laughs) okay, man. Here you go. Here's your stack. But I thought about that. How cool would it be, Mike, if they came in with six thousand two hundred pounds of gold? Ooh, because that's the equivalent, by the way. Okay, you have six thousand two hundred pounds of gold. That would give you two hundred million dollars right there. That's that's a lot of gold. It's a lot of gold. Now, apparently, Mike, they bought the house from Bill Bell Jr. Hmm. 
And Bill Bell Jr. bought the house back in the late 90s. He bought it in the late 90s for $14.5 million. That's a pretty solid investment. Yeah, it's a good return. Yeah. Good ROI. I, I mean, you know, I didn't have $14.5 million to purchase it in the first place, but it's a nice turnaround. Yeah, it's a, it's a very nice turnaround. Uh, and I found out Bill Bell Jr. earned his money the old-fashioned way. Um, he inherited it from his parents. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, his dad, who is sitting on a fortune... Well, his dad is dead now. But his dad was the uh, heir to the uh, fortune of soap operas. Hmm. Yeah, his dad, William Bell, created The Young and the Restless and The Bold and the Beautiful, and I think mm. a couple of others. I watched a couple of episodes of those shows. I, I had no idea they were so lucrative, you know? Yeah. I didn't even know there was soap opera fortune to be had out there. Nope. But apparently it worked pretty well. And I got to say, I wish my dad created some soap operas. That would have been, <laughs> that been sweet. But he did not, you know? I can't, yeah, it's (laughs) fine. Uh, But, uh, Mike, even though the house is very expensive, uh, it's also very uh, modern and minimalist. Uh, uh, It's got a unique look to it, you know? It's very very cement-based. It's just very concrete, you know? I like that. Modern, that's a modern look, yeah. The internet was not feeling it, Mike. Oh no. The 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 Twitter the Twitter sphere was not liking it. Here's mm. a couple of tweets. Quote, that house has all the charm of an empty Costco distribution center. Roasted. Mm. <laughs> mm. Here's another one, Mike. They kept it simple. Quote, Jesus, that's ugly. End quote. Burned. Mm. Cross mm. emoji? No? Nothing. Just Jesus, that's <laughs> ugly. That's it. Wow. Um, here's another one. Quote, they spent they $200 million for prison walls. End quote. <laughs> uh, uh, here, here's, the, here's the last one. It looks like a World War II bunker or an abandoned mall. End Oof. Hmm. I'm going to be honest. Those are two very different uh, images in my head, though. Yeah, they are. You know, <laughs> like I, I don't know. I don't. I don't fear for my life in an abandoned mall. Uh, I fear for my life in a World War II bunker. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, Mike, how bad do you think Jay Z's feelings are hurt by these tweets? I don't think he even looks at Twitter. I don't think he looks at any social media. I don't think he has social media, does he? I don't think he has any accounts. Yeah, I. I I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, Mike, Hove's got 99 problems, but social media ain't one. That's not, <laughs> it's, uh, he's, I, I can guarantee you right now, he is not concerned with uh, how people think his $200 million house looks. Nope. He's, no. prob- he's probably not even concerned. Do you think he's even set foot in this new house yet? Like I mean, um, like other than like looking at it, other than evaluating it when they, when they were going to purchase it. No, I don't. Uh no, I, they probably did a little walk around, you know. I I bet you they haven't. I bet you they, oh, well, they might have. I I would say they walked around, but I bet you they haven't spent a night in it yet. No way. Oh no way. Not yet. 
And I bet I'd be surprised if they do in like the next year. You know, mm. they're sitting around and they're like, "Hey, you remember we bought that two hundred million dollar house? <laughs> should we go over there sometime? Probably should. Probably should check it out. Like, how do you even start that conversation when you're Beyonce and Jay Z to buy this house? Like, hey, I was thinking about getting another house. What is this? Our fifteenth? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking we get like a two hundred million dollar one. Oh. Nice. Mm. Yeah. Are there any available? Yeah, there's one. There's one. <laughs> like, it just, I I don't know, Mike. Seems ridiculous. Yeah. But, but regardless, Mike, now that I've reminded the listeners, along with me and you, how ridiculously poor we are oh! and how we'll never be able to buy a $200 million house. Nope. Uh, and Jay-Z and Beyonce are doing it because they're apparently bored. That's a fact. Um, are you ready to fire this show up? <laughs> Let's fire up this show with rich entertainment. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Rich entertainment and poor people. Woo! Yes. Yes, Mike, I am fired up. We have a show that is worth $200 million. Oh, yeah. We have the fantastic flip turn on the show. I can't wait to talk to these guys. I mean, we've, we've had them on the show before, and mm-hmm. they're just a good time. They're just fun, you know? It's a party. Yeah. We're going to talk that we're gonna talk about their past shows. We're going to talk about upcoming shows. You know, I guess since they're a band, we'll even talk some music. Say what? You know? mm. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. But first, we need to start where we start. The birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Correct. Now, Mike, we're getting dangerously close to 50%. We are at 32 and a quarter out of 60. Jeez. 32 and a quarter out of 60. And I, I feel like you might be able to get this one. Okay. I mean, his name is pretty big in the hip-hop world, but he's sort of like, I don't want to say a one-hit wonder, but he had one big album. Mm. Uh, but I feel like it was when you were you were probably pretty hard into the hip-hop. Were you pretty hard in the hip-hop around like 2010, 12-ish? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. All right, Kanye well, was Kanye was at his peak. All right, well, I think I think this might be uh, down your your lane. Then we'll give it a shot. Uh, born mental at, health, by the way, I just want to throw it out there. He was, he was, was a great artist, semi normal at he that was, time. Everything was fine. Yeah, he had we kept it within. He had kept it within the the lanes. Had not gone into yeah. the gutter. Um, okay, born in South Jamaica, Queens. On May 31st, 1986, our birthday suit wearer's family at a young age moved to the Atlanta area. Our birthday suit wearer's mom was a rapper and a former manager of Gucci Mane. Hmm. So our birthday suit wearer has always been surrounded by hip-hop. He started rapping at a young age, but it wasn't until his single, Oh, Let's Do It, that broke the Billboard Hot 100 that he started getting real notoriety. Before his debut album came out, he was shot and robbed in Atlanta. Jeez. Before his, uh, uh, 10 months later, he released that debut album, Flockavelli. His first album had uh, the tremendously popular single, No Hands, on it. 
His second album featured uh, his big single with Drake, Round of Applause. The album was released in 2011, Triple F Life, Friends, Fans, and Family. In 2013, he released his third album, Flockavelli 2. Our birthday suit wear hasn't released an album since then. He's really, you know, like I was trying to find some things that he's done since 2013. I mean, he's performed a lot. He's been out there just doing all kinds of performances. And every now and then I'll have a one-off single. But like, mm. dude, has, I mean, sort of just hung out since then. It's been pretty nice. Name that birthday suit wearer. Uh, yeah, kind of a guess, and then just totally going off of some of the uh, key phrases here. Is it Waka Flocka or Waka Flocka Flame? Is Waka correct. Flocka flame. Okay. Yes. Yes, indeed, Mike. Woo. Waka. Yes. Waka. I do love No Hands. No Hands is a jam on that first album. Um. What? How does that go, Doc G? I know you got a little. Verse I'm gonna, in you. I'm gonna butcher it. I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna try. I'm not gonna try to right. butcher it. You'll have to check. Yeah, you'll have to check it out. So true. There's too much auto tune, too much producing in there. If you don't have any, if you don't have any beat behind you and stuff, you just sound stupid with that song. But yeah, it's a jam. It's a mm -hmm. certified jam. It really, it really is. Yeah, it really is. But like I said, it's really wild, man. Like. After that Flockavelli 2 album, he was just like, you know what? I'm good. Like, it doesn't really seem like he's, like, tried to do much. Like, I don't know if it's, mm. like, a record label deal thing or, like, Grew up you in know. the rap game, Doc G. He knows after, uh, you know, once you get that hot that hot album, you got to just turn it off and just I'm enjoy just, it. I mean, you know, and, like, that's the thing. is like I was looking at his Instagram. Like, he performs, like, every other week or something. So, you know, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Getting it done. Getting it done. Uh, classic one for Waka on the uh, Google Google machine there, Mike. Uh, <laughs> how much is Waka Flocka Flame worth? That was the top one there. Mm. Can I take a guess? Yeah. $50 million. Mm. A little low. The source on Google says $9 million. $9 oh. million. Yeah. I would, with all of those, I'd always like to just check with the person and actually see. I mean, I know most of them have no idea just because their money's, you know, everywhere. They got different yeah. things, and it's like, I don't know. It's not like me and you that have, like, one account that we're like, well, let's see. The bank account <laughs> says 10000 so 10000 is Richie what I've Rich got. Whoa, over here. <laughs> Woo! I'm just blowing through it, Mike. Yeah! <laughs> Anyways, shout out to to Waka turning uh, turning thirty seven, Mike. He's hey, in, be in between us there, in yeah. between us, nice. Waka flock of flame. He can come on and be old with us. Nice, mm. uh, Mike. So, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines, Doc G. It's now time for rip from the headlines. Got some good ones here, Mike. We've got some good ones. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, a lot of people saw this. This was this was uh, very well covered. But at the end of the week last week, a plane flying over South Korea had to make an emergency landing because a passenger walked up to the exit door on the side of the plane and opened it. Huh? Mm. Yeah. Just in the middle of the flight, Mike. Just Insane. boop, 
just made a giant wind tunnel. And I like how they put it in the article. They said, quote, after a passenger opened an emergency exit door mid-flight, it triggered chaos and fear in the cabin. Word. You think? Like, what What else would it do? My God, <laughs> if I were in there, I would my pants and pass out immediately. Just, ah! <laughs> out. Like, yeah, open the emergency... Just another reason you don't want to fly, Mike. Yeah, no way. I can't no trust way. any of you turds out here. Ugh, people are losing their minds. Like, what in God's name would make you say, you know what? Let's throw this mother open. Let's give it a shot. Like, why? Why, Mike? Let his intrusive thoughts win, Doc G. We all want to do it. We all want to play with that little handle. I don't. Oh, you don't. No, I don't. Not oh, well, zero percent. I want to. wanted to open it. No. Not mid-flight. No way. Mm -mm. That I like is... complex doors, Doc G. I like complex doors. I like, yeah. Pandora's up. box right there. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of that. No, sir. Mm-mm. Like, I, and they ask him. They apparently got information from him afterwards, and he said he needed to leave quickly. And I'm like, you mm. need to leave quickly? <laughs> the f*** is wrong with you, man? Come on. It's like, I mean, Jesus. I, you know, Mike, I'm not a man of violence. I am not a man of violence at all. But this would be a time that I would say everybody on that plane should get a chance to punch that guy in the face when they leave. Just one punch and be like, okay, I feel better. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. You almost killed all of us, you moron. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, Mike, did you see the movie The Conjuring hmm, in 2013? No. No. It's a frightening, unnecessary movie. You yeah, know? not a big um, horror fan. No, I'm not at all. Zero interest in horror. Zero. <laughs> um, but it's about paranormal activity. And, you know, it's supposed to be based on events that actually happened in a house in Rhode Island. Yeah, no and, way. Uh, not watching yeah. it. <laughs> Never going to watch that. And now, Mike, now you can apparently camp on the property mm. as a chance to go ghost camping. Mm. And it costs $300 a night mm. to go okay. ghost camping. Mike, I've got a better idea. No. No. Mm -mm. That's a fact. Like, if you want to do this, there's either two things, Mike. You're either mentally very... Mm -hmm. Or your life is two-way awesome. Like, if you're thinking, you know what? I need to scare the myself. And I think the best way to do that, go on a weird property, and hopefully some ghost will just come and tickle my a-hole while I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> like, no! Most of the time, camping sucks enough, Mike. You don't need to yeah, add goblins along with it. Yeah, no. there's already ghosts. When I, I go camping, like yeah. I'm not, I don't need additional ghosts. No, I, it's like, wh who, who is this for, Mike? Why, why are yeah. people like this? Mike, I do have important news out of Italy. Out of Italy, we have a world record. Oh, yeah, Walter Mayer of uh, Sopro Bolzano, Sopro Bolzano, Italy. 
he set a world record for high jump at four feet and four inches. Now, you might be saying to yourself, Mike, that seems like a pretty low high jump. Hmm. But it wasn't Walter that did the high jump. It was, in fact, his llama. His llama. That's right. That is right, Mike. He had his llama jump over four feet, four inches. Following the achievement, Walter said, quote, he is a fine, majestic stallion with strong legs, great colors, an impressive fleece, and very important, a good character. Ooh, I believe all those features. You know? You know, I mean, that describes pretty much every llama I've ever came in contact Mm -hmm. with, Mike. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just, I just, you know, no, no, I was about to, no, no offense to Walter, but it just makes me laugh when you describe a llama as majestic stallion. (laughs) You're like, man, really? Oh, no. It is a llama. But, but Walter said he realized the llama's talent for jumping after the animal jumped over a horse pin fence. That was four feet six inches. Six inches. Hmm. Which I will say, like, I mean that that's impressive, right? Yeah, it is. It really is. But like, if you were Walter, what would you do? Like, if I was Walter and I saw the llama do that, I'd probably tell a couple of my neighbors, and that'd be pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that I'd call Guinness up and be like, "Hey, you might want to get your world record van down here." I have got one impressive llama. We got to see if this is a world record. Like, I just feel like that's more than I might do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just just me, Mike. Just me. Um, Mike, I've got memorabilia news. Hey, what do we got? Did, did you see this Carl Malone memorabilia news? Yeah, the Ken Golden. Yeah, I saw that. He had it on his show. I have my thoughts. Where where, thoughts where, where he did where he did the Olympic uh, all the Olympic stuff, Dream Team Olympic stuff. Yeah, yeah. First of all, I'm not a fan of Carl Malone. Uh, I'm kind of not a fan of Carl Malone. So yeah, what are your thoughts, Doc G? What do you what do you think? Well, so to let the listeners in on this, Carl uh, Malone sold a whole bunch of gear that he had been apparently stockpiling since the Dream Team Olympics. Uh, that he had gotten all these players, everybody on the team, to sign their gear and give it to him. Which, you know, even back then, they got a new jersey for every single game, so it makes sense. Yeah. And apparently after the Lithuania uh, game, he got all of the the players to sign their jerseys, and he kept all of them. And the, the uh, the biggest money bringer, not surprisingly, uh, was Michael Jordan's jersey. Uh, that said, to Carl, good luck. <laughs> Even as Michael Jordan, I just love how he doesn't have anything to say. He's like, I don't know, what should I, good luck? I don't know, what am I saying good luck to? <laughs> Playing us next year? I don't know, there you go. Like, But it sold for $3.03 million, Mike. 3.03. It made, uh, that made the biggest headlines. Uh, it was the most expensive piece of Olympic clothing ever sold in history. Doctor, is that what is that? Three million, three thousand dollars, or what? yeah, <laughs> they really the point zero three. They really are. Eh, it's, it's unnecessary. They could have just rounded three million. Would have been fine. <laughs> Sorry, uh, but uh, he sold. Like I said, he sold the rest of the Dream Team stuff. 
it was really depressing for Christian Lakner because his jersey sold for like seven thousand dollars, and you're like, uh. mm. Mm. the next most expensive after Jordan's was Larry Bird's. His was three hundred and sixty thousand mm. dollars. So a couple things, Mike. You you ask what I thought. A couple things. <clears throat> um, why did Carl get everybody's jersey after this? Like. <laughs> Did everybody on the team get a round of these? Like, does I everybody? I have the answer. I have the uh, answer. And yep. if you didn't know, I didn't know. I don't know. Oh, you mine. don't know. Oh, no. Carl Malone's wife went into the locker room and just grabbed everything. So she's a, a fucking thief. <laughs> I don't know what she is, but she just went into the locker room and just like took all like all the gear off the ground. And then after she stole it, she was like, now let's go back and tell them they need to sign it. Wait, what? Hey, you need to sign your jersey after we're taking this. <laughs> yeah, Thanks. Something like that. Thanks. Well, and then that, well, that's the second thing, Mike. Like, is Carl running low on cash? Like, hmm. the, I saw this headline and I was like, I mean, cool. But... If you're Carl Malone, you shouldn't need money right now. You should have plenty of money. Like, why are you selling this? That's just, I mean, just think if you saw this headline with Michael Jordan doing this, you'd be like, what's wrong with Michael Jordan? Does he need to, <laughs> we need to help out Michael Jordan right now? Like, come on. Like, what? That's just sad. Which, I mean, it just goes to another reason why Jordan's the GOAT. Like, yeah, he here's one of his greatest rivals in the last couple of years when he was playing. And his greatest rival is selling a Jordan-signed jersey to make cash. He's selling <laughs> his rival's jersey to be like, oh, I can get $3 million off of this. Awesome. Like, just, it's a little pathetic, Mike. It's a little, yes. I mean, good for him. It's great. $3 million for him. Awesome. But, like... <clears throat> I'd be if I was Carl. I'd be like, I don't want this to get out there. Can we keep this a secret? Can we do this anonymous? Like who this is coming <laughs> he has, from? He has all of these jerseys and their shoes. By the way, he got their shoes yeah, yeah, and yeah. full uniforms. He has it all displayed. I think he has a car dealership in Utah, or <laughs> it, I think it was a car dealership or something. And they're all on display, like it's like a museum. It's actually kind of cool. It's the he's setup not, is pretty. He's cool. Not doing good enough, yeah, apparently. But, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Weird move. Uh, Mike, this is an interesting story. Just a week ago, the London-based company Magellan LTD, which is a deep-sea-based mapping company, released their amazing 3D construction of the sunken Titanic. Pretty wild. Oh, yeah. They use small submarine cameras remotely controlled by a team on a boat spending more than two Hundred hours of submerged time to analyze the wreck. Jeez. They took over 715,000 pictures of the boat. They then put these images together, stitching them together 3D in stunning detail. The entire product contains over 16 terabytes of data. Wow. Very cool. Yeah, it is. Very cool. Although I gotta admit, Mike, not too important. <laughs> I mean, the world's full of not important. Speak for things. yourself, Doc G. <laughs> I mean, Mike, the world's full of an important, uh, not important things, i.e., the show. But still, like 
All of that work for what? Like there is nothing that's going to be found in those 3D images that is going to dramatically what we do as humans. Nope. Like nobody even sails in giant boats anymore. There's like, we've basically melted all the giant icebergs. What could this tell us that we'd be like, oh, well, this is going to dramatically change the human race. No, no. We've got all these important issues in the world, global warming, food scarcity, illnesses, and we're spending thousands of hours looking at a boat that wrecked 100 years ago. Like, Yeah, Doc G, yeah, that's what we're doing. It's cool. It's awesome. <laughs> This, this, it, it, to me, this is like this is the adult version of the teenager being told that they need to do their science project that do that's due the next day, mm -hmm. and instead they spend an hour organizing their clothes in their closet, and you're mm -hmm. like, yeah, I, I, I guess that's not a bad thing to do, but we're still <laughs> when it comes to the science project, right? Like that's maybe you might want to focus on that. I don't know, like it just. I don't know, Mike. It's I, I like I looked oh, at yeah. the pictures. I was like, "Oh, this looks really cool." Then I was just like, "Why? What? Why? What, like, I mean, do you think like what we were talking about before we came on air? Do you think anybody that was working at Magellan LTD was in the middle of this? Was just like, what the f are we doing here, guys? Why, <laughs> why? Why are we doing this? Does this make sense to anybody?" I don't it's know. to prove the conspiracy theorists wrong, Doc G. That's right. Yeah. It really was an iceberg. Take that, you a-holes. It was an iceberg. There was, was no switching of boats and other weird shit that's not true that's out there. There was a bunch of mm. weird stuff out there, the Mike. The boat switch. Oh, oh yeah. There, the, oh, there's all kinds of dumb ones out there, mm. Mike, that you're just like, why? What's the motive of this conspiracy? Who the <laughs> f needed to have this boat sink that they were like now we have set the world straight like it's just so dumb mike conspiracies dumb anyways mike we're gonna take a break we are gonna be right back uh but first we are gonna hear from our guests this is the fantastic flip turn with none other than their song sad disco right here on the doc g show
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP, 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Hmm. Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. It is a cost-effective way to support the show. And listeners, if you're feeling extra generous, please leave us a five-star review and a comment. We love comments. Booyah. Yes. I don't know why I said booyah. That's a weird, (laughs) weird response. But yes, Exactamundo, Mike. That is correct. Mike, we need to thank the regular listeners, those five-star listeners that are putting in the work day in, day out. We appreciate them. Here we go. We do. Shout out. Shout out Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Jittawa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartansburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Shout out. Nice. Mike, I have to say that was my best run in in several, several weeks. I was pretty happy. I was pretty happy with that. Listeners, let me know how I did. Uh, I know you don't give a but I do. It's probably one of the most important things of this show. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Mike, here we go. Four-star listeners, the semi-regs. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Clearwater, Florida. Shout out to Delaplane of Virginia. Hmm. Delaplane. like that name. It's a nice plan. Yeah. Brooklyn, New York. Shout out to those guys. Shout out to Laurelton, New Jersey. Shout out to Boynton, Virginia. Shout out to San Francisco, California. Shout out to Yorba Linda, California. Shout out to Greensboro, North Carolina. Shout out to Cairo, Egypt. Shout out to home of the J-Chips, Chicago, Illinois. Mike, Chicago has been semi-regulars now for four weeks in a row, if I am not mistaken. They are getting close to being regulars. Thank you, Chicago. Chi-Town, thank you. If you keep going, you will be right there with the the lauded five-star listeners. (laughs) Shout out to Columbia, Maryland. Shout out to Atlanta GA. There we go. Four star listeners. Mike, got a couple follow-ups. I guess we could put this in the previously on the Doc G show. So let's go ahead and fire this up. Previously on the Doc G show. Previously on the Doc G show. Mike, I've got a follow-up on the news story. Remember when I told you about uh, potentially the oldest Bible being sold at auction? Yes. Well, it sold. Say what? They actually put it on the market there on uh, on Sotheby's, and it sold. $38 million. Whoa, $38 million. Yeah. Which, Michael Jordan's. Which I, I couldn't remember, yeah, Mike. I couldn't go back. I couldn't remember what they were projecting it. I want to say they projected it at $50 million, I want to say, but I, I can't remember. I can't remember. Mm. But good news, Mike. It will be in the muse. It will be in a museum. So you know oh, we're yeah good. yeah. It won't just be in a rich dude's house. That's saying hey. It's not just going to be in Jay Z and Beyonce's yeah. house. 
They could have. By the way, they could have bought that. That would have been. <laughs> that would have shown they were really bored. Hey, you want a really old Bible? Yeah, let's buy that. <laughs> let's try that out. There we go. We'll put it in our uh, prison wall house in Malibu. It'll be nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it will be in the uh, a new museum of uh, Anu. I guess you would say Anu Museum of Jewish People in Tel Aviv. Hmm. So there you go. Yeah. I got to say, I was watching the video, Mike, uh, where folks at Sotheby's were going through the Bible. I got to say, they were sort of haphazardly going through that thing. Wait, what? Like, they didn't even have, like, well, they didn't even have gloves on. They had just their grubby hands. Yeah, literally. Just their Uh. hands. And I was like, this is an 1,100-year-old Bible. Like, what the you doing you don't you have i know you got gloves over there throw a pair on yeah ridiculous yeah like jeff comes in from his lunch break with cheeto dust all over his fingers like oh whoops sorry about that it's just it's fine just rub it off there we're good like ridiculous uh mike i have more breaking follow-up news Mm. yeah as you may recall i brought to you a uh a very 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 important story about a school in Texas where a senior on May 3rd used fart spray that was so rancid it shut the school down for a day and sent several to the hospital. Yes, I remember this. Well, Mike, the administration smelt it, and now they have found those that allegedly dealt it. Wow. <laughs> Thank you for saying dealt it. Yes. I was hoping you would say Yes. Right. Two students are facing third degree felony charges third degree felony charges mike Mm, yeah for fart spray but I, i gotta be honest mike that is fantastic news you know word because i can't think of any more pressing issues that schools in texas could be dealing with right now hmm no, nothing that would be more important or more, perhaps more deadly than fart spray. Hmm. By the way, on a completely uh, complete side note, guys, nothing to do with this. Assault rifles still available in Texas. Just uh, throw that mm. out there. Just I don't know why that came to my mind, but I'll just throw that out there. It's, you can get them in camouflage. But good news. Question mark. Fart spray still available, too. It's just a third degree felony to use it. So mm. just be careful with your fart spray out there, guys. Be careful. Whoopee cushions. Come on. It's so much safer and funnier in a way. Very safe, very effective, very funny. Mm-hmm. Mike, uh, do you want the um, musician or the actor for the third birthday suit? Or second birthday suit? Second. Uh, I'll probably go with the actor. Uh, Let's go with the okay. actor. Okay. Okay. I think you got that. I'm pretty positive you got this. Okay. One. Born on May 31st in Dublin, Ireland. Our birthday suit wearer's dad was a former soccer player. Didn't know that. He owned his own health food store as well. He was interested, our birthday suit wearer was interested in acting from a young age. When he was around seven years old, he saw E.T. and decided, yes, I need to act. Hmm. He started uh, having several small roles throughout the 90s, but he made his film debut in the war zone in 1999 in 2001 he played in american outlaws and hearts war then in 2002 he played in phone booth the recruit 
and SWAT. In 2004, he played in Oliver Stone's Alexander the Great. Then in 2005, he played in The New World. Then in 2006, he played in the remake of Miami Vice with Jamie Foxx. In 2008, he played in Burgess. In 2011, he played in Horrible Bosses with Jennifer Aniston, Jason Bateman, Charlie Day, and Jason Sudeikis. He then played in the remake of Total Recall. In 2015, he starred in The Lobster. Most recently, he starred in The Banshees of Inner Sharon with our former birthday suit wearer, Brendan Gleeson. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Um. Hmm. Horrible bosses. I watched that movie, but I vaguely. I don't know, Doc G. I don't know. Good looking guy, sort of known as a lot of times as a heartthrob sort of fella. Um. At least back in the day. Now he's older. People don't really think about him like that anymore. But uh, brown hair, dark, dark brown hair. No, nothing. Okay, I'm going to give you initials. C.F. 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 Yeah, Dr. G, I'm not going to waste any more time. I have no idea. You got this. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. No? Didn't have it? No, I, I would not have guessed that. Mm. Not even close. Mm. No way. I was trying to think of Alexander the Great because I vaguely remember that movie. You know, I remember it was like there were a lot of movies around that time with Greek... I gotta be honest. Yeah, uh, maybe I've matured since then, but when I watched it back then, that sucked pretty hard. Uh, yeah, it was not a great movie. I might, I might have just, I might have just been too old to get the, uh, or too young to get the interest, the 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 well made, well crafted film production of of Oliver yeah. Stone. I don't know, but I was just like, yeah, this takes a really long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, this is. A, I remember falling asleep multiple times during that movie. I do remember mm. that. But regardless, Mike, Colin Farrell. There you go. There you go. Colin Farrell. Yeah, Colin Farrell, man. Colin Farrell, turning forty-six. Forgot to put the year in there, Mike. Forty-six. Mm. Still looking pretty dang good for forty-six. Yeah. Got a chiseled jawline there. That that uh, that Alex uh, Alexander the Great. Uh, by the way, Mike, um, the Google question for him, how many times was Colin Farrell married? Word. The, uh, that's the main question for Colin mm. Farrell. And uh, he is not married. Nope. He's never been uh, married. So there you go. There it is. There it is. Never been Apparently married. Apparently not. Apparently not. There was speculation that he was married. Uh, and he has two kids, but... He's not been, uh, he's not married. No, no. So there you go. There you go. Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than a flip turn right here on the Doc G a show. Show. 
because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are super happy to have returning guests on the show. Maddie, Mitch, Devin, Tristan, and Dylan, better known as Flip Turn. They will be back (laughs) in Jack's on June 16th and 17th at Intuition L Works. It's going to be a hoot. Guys, how's it going? Of course, of course. Now, from the top, I was thinking about this. Uh, Mads, I want to propose a nickname for you. You may have already have heard it before. I don't know, but I wanted to run it past you. Normally, all the Madelines I know, I usually end up calling them Mad Dog. It just happens. Um, (laughs) But seeing as how you have quite an affinity for cats, and so do I. I don't feel like Mad yeah. Dog is appropriate. Do people call you Mad? <laughs> do people call you Mad Cat? Mad Cat. <laughs> I do. I do. Tristan calls me Mad Dog sometimes, but Mad Cat is definitely more fitting. I think. Okay, I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> if you're good with it, I'm going with it. Yeah, I'm done. Okay, <laughs> awesome, awesome. Mad Cat, how was the birthday last week? It was great. We were at Hangout, so um, it was the day before, our set's on the 20th, so on the 19th, we were actually just enjoying the festival and everything, so got to see uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, which was pretty cool. <laughs> that is nice. Did you get like, I mean, were you were you in the, in the crowd, or did you get like awesome backstage pass? <laughs> we, we were in the crowd, um, definitely. I... I'm sure they just are very selective. <laughs> yeah. So I could be on stage, but you know, but yeah, we were with everybody. It was a really good time. Our whole team was able to come. So it was awesome to see everyone too. Thirty five years into their career and they're still killing it, man. They're still it, it's Not, in, it's insane. Mitch, who was your uh, favorite performance there at Hangout Fest? Performance? Uh Paramore. Nice. Definitely Paramore. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, they blew it out of the water. Well, I mean, you guys were were getting it done up there, and it. I gotta. I gotta be honest. It looked really hot. Um, it looked fun. It looked really fun. But Dylan and Devin, especially, I saw just some a good sweat brewing when you guys were oh, playing. Yeah, yeah. Devin, it was, pretty... was it hot, Devin? Oh, it was very, very hot. But luckily, that day I was wearing a. Uh, a shirt with like maximum airflow. It was like one of those quilted shirts, a lot of holes. So nice. like I had a breeze going, and I, I feel like that's what single-handedly got my through it. I like it. Well, I mean, you you've got uh, you two probably burned the most calories, I would guess, during a, a performance. The most action uh, going on. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. If we're doing it right, then definitely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Devin. Even when when I see it's like in a like you're in Iowa and. February and Devin's like sweating after I'm like good lord 
there's been a couple shows where it's been so cold outside that after a set, like steam will literally be coming off of my clothes. So it's, yeah, I get real caught up on stage. <laughs> I don't need to be in those type of environments. That's not for me. Yeah. That's why, that's why I stay here in Florida. Much better. Much better. Yeah. But uh, speaking of shows, we need to talk about it. Uh, you guys are kind of a, a, a big deal right now. You guys, you guys are like, you guys are a real deal rock band. You have 1.4 million monthly listeners on Spotify. And I was wondering, let's say you guys go in Jacks uh, together as a posse. You like you go down, you know, let's say Riverside or you go to uh, Jacks Beach. How often do you get recognized now? Do you get recognized? We're in there. Oh, we're there. <laughs> it's very rare that we're walking down to Jacks Beach together. Yeah, yeah quite <laughs> like you want to just stroll in and buy I think, plans. I don't know if we've ever done it. Maybe we should try it. Maybe we should lock arms and just lock arms. Yeah. I feel like since Mad Cat is the only girl in the group and Dylan is the singer, they are most often recognized. Is that correct? I think people, we were at a, a Jumbo Shrimp, Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp game. Go Shrimp. Go Shrimp. Um, and someone like walked over like, hey, you guys are awesome. I was like, Oh, that was a completely, you know, very different element, but I think it's my hair. <laughs> you can get attributed to the hair. I'm getting, It's always nice to know you're awesome, though, you know? I, <laughs> it's not a, that's not a bad comment. It'd be much more upsetting if they came up and they're like, hey, I hate you guys. What? Come on. <laughs> Unnecessary? Jeez. Yeah. So in, uh, in 2023, you guys have already got a good number of shows. I think it was 29 by my count. Uh, you had a whole month of touring with Jade and Jess Hotel Fiction. Shout out to Jess and Jade. Love them whenever they're on the show. Uh, your tour went through Mississippi. And as the listeners of this show know, Mississippi is known across the world for their terrific cool lickles. Uh, and I tried to talk Hotel Fiction into getting cool lickles. And I need to check up on this. Devin, do you know... At any time, were there any cool lickles consumed on this tour? Well, well I, I have to say, I, I have no clue, not even the faintest idea what a, what a cool lickle is. What is that? Well, I have to describe a cool lickle for you guys. Apparently, yeah. Jess and Jade did a poor job of spreading the news that cool lickles <laughs> needed to be had. So, cool lickles, you take a regular dill pickle. And then you marinate it in Kool-Aid powder. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mind's blown. Listeners can't see right now, but on the Zoom, every member of Flip Turn was just blown <laughs> by Kool-Lickles. Just what? Man, that's yeah. how they do it in this. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now, usually, I think Fruit Punch is the most popular. Seems like what I see most often as far as cool lickles being sold. I tried to get them to get some. There was literally a gas station like a mile away from where you guys played that sold cool lickles. That I confirmed that they sold cool lickles. Like DIY, make it home by yourself. This is like you go to the gas station and get it. They're so popular. Yes, you can just go out and get them. Now, you can also make your own. Now, if you guys are interested in some cool lickles, I can bring some cool lickles to Intuition Ale. 
and you guys can try <laughs> Kulikles if you want. But, I mean, I don't know if I'm at the level of production that some of these fine artists of Mississippi are. I, you know, I haven't practiced making Kulikles a lot. So, I'm not going to sit here in front and say that my Kulikles are the best. But, just so you know, it's out there. Next time you plan a, a tour, try to get it in. Try to try a, a Kulikle. It's, I think... Initially, I was disgusted by the idea, and I was like, that is the weirdest, most odd. But then I started thinking about it. I was like, the sour, the sweet, it, there's got to be something to it. There's got to be. It's got to be amazing. So I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, try it out. Now, I'm guessing, since they didn't tell you about Kulikles either, when they were on the show, when they were touring with you guys, I told, I told Hotel Fiction, you guys should get a commemorative tattoo to commemorate the tour mitch were there any tattoos inked during this tour no uh well not on that tour no <sighs> i know tristan got like what is it called the master sword from nice. legend zelda nice got that babe. but nothing with with hotel fiction <sighs> come on they are falling through on all of their promises of this tour. I'm very disappointed in them right now. Very disappointed. It's very upsetting. Tristan, have you got the new uh, Zelda? Has the game came out yet? Yeah, I've been waiting until the tour. Okay, okay. Got to wait until you got that time to dive in. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. I have not got into a Zelda game since like, I want to say like 64. It has been a long time since I have dove into into Zelda. There's, I mean, it's just, it's it's so much. There's so much going on in those games. I don't have time for it. it gives me anxiety. I'm like, oh God, it's like hours and hours of things to do here. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. Who's the most inked person in the band? Is that Devin? Probably um, me. None of us are like crazy ink, but I, I do have several and like a couple bigger pieces. So yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I won't wait. Now, do you think you're going to get to that level where it's you know just like no space left? Dude, I hope. I mean, I I need a lot more money to make that happen, but <laughs> I, I want to for sure. They they are a expensive hobby. They it adds up. I, adds up you don't even notice it all of a sudden you're like that was three hundred dollars that was pretty small real estate that i just used for three <laughs> a lot um devin i saw that uh during that tour with hotel fiction you had a little golfer's elbow did that clear up it did clear up i um i wish i could remember the name of the place i went to here in jack when we came back but i got it worked out um it was the what do they call it the stem therapy it's like the mm -hmm. it's like the electro shock stuff um and that cleared it up like like in, in a couple days it nice tens good unit. now Ten, tens unit that's usually what you use for that electrical stimulation yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. it was i never experienced that before it was, it was a weird very weird sensation but it, it helped we we had uh barry kirch of shinedown on the show uh, a couple weeks ago and he actually he had uh, he had a tennis elbow really bad, and uh, yeah. you know he's like 
25 years older than you. No offense to Barry. He's just older. That's how that's how that works. But uh, he actually got uh, platelet-rich plasma injections in his uh, elbow. Cleared it up completely, he said. He said it was amazing how much. So maybe later on in the career, decades down the road for you, you might need to get a, get a platelet-rich uh, plasma injection. Seemed to work for him. Down the road, that might be something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, now one other thing before we move on from that tour with Hotel Fiction, uh, and this is again, they probably didn't bring this up because apparently they just take my ideas and throw them out into the wind. <laughs> but uh, Jess and Jade, big fans of the '70s, as am I. I love '70s music, and I told them if they're going out on the road again with you guys. You got to get on stage for an encore performance uh, and do a Fleetwood Mac song. I think it would work perfectly. You know, you think of the harmonies. Like, you do a Dreams or you do a Chains or you do a Go Your Own Way. You've got the three-part harmony covered. Oh, it'd be magic. I'm just saying. Just think about it. Next time, if you go on tour with them, I think it'd be a perfect closer. Just saying. That's awesome. Just, just, just throwing it out there. Everybody loves Fleetwood Mac too. It's amazing. It's crazy. But, uh, anyways, uh, let's move on here. We've got, uh, we've got a tour coming up uh, that you guys are, you know, getting off the ground. Uh, now, before we get to that tour, though, I want to talk again. You had some shows, some one-off shows, uh, and one of those I noticed was five points. Uh, in Columbia, South Carolina, my old stomping grounds, uh, was there for eight, nine years on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, now, now I don't know about the listeners, uh, but this uh, is what they say, and I'm going to edit this, is a uh, cluster f- uh, That's what <laughs> That's what five points is on St. Patrick's Day. It's like 40,000 people shoved into a three-block area. I don't know if that's what it seemed like when you guys were there. Tristan, was that the experience? I would say, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> it, it is a hectic time, but was, was it a good show? Yeah, it was yeah, really show, fun. The show was super fun. Yeah, and the, the lineup that day oh, was really great, too. Yeah. Um, Brooklyn and Bluff. Yeah, Brooklyn yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so many awesome people. Yeah. Um, but funny story from that festival, I ended up um, letting Hippocampus's crew use one of my drum stands, like a the tom stand, because mm-hmm. they didn't have fit his backline gear, the Whistler's backline gear that day. And yeah, so we had an excuse to like stay for the whole Hippocampus set, and it ended up being really fun. I can't, awesome. I can't leave my tom, my tom stand. Come on now. Yeah, exactly. We gotta stay now. What usually yeah. what usually happens at St. Patrick's Day in Columbia? At least, I mean, you know, because it's a college town. What happens is most of the college students go way too hard uh, from like eight a.m. to about noon, and then there's just <laughs> there's a drop off for like about six hours, and then there's a rally around six p.m. That all of a sudden they're like, "Ah, oh, we're back." We're back. So, like, you sort of see, like, the excitement wane throughout the day until the end, and then it gets fired back up. But it's, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's an experience. It definitely is a, a wild experience, and it just makes no sense because it's not like there's, like, some kind of giant 
Irish community in Colombia. It's just like, you know what? <laughs> hey, this is a reason to drink. All right, let's get it. You know, so it's good time. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you guys, like I said, uh, got two shows coming up here in Jacksonville on the 16th, the 17th. Everybody from the band is North Florida folks. Uh, but Devin, Mitch, this is the actual, this is the hometown. This is the hometown yeah, for yeah. you as far as the show. Uh, do you get a little extra excited, Mitch, when you when you got a, a Jacksonville show? So, technically, I'm from Orlando. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well, that ruins it. He's not excited at all for this show. Oh, no. Well, what about Devin? Devin, are you technically from Jax? Oh, yeah. I'm Duval, 100% born and raised. Um, so it's incredibly special for me, man. I, I I love Jacksonville so much. And every time we get to play here, it's like, it's such a great feeling. Man. I love it. I love it. Devin, do you get, do you get, uh, do you, is there anything you do differently for the crowd of Duval that you don't do for everybody else? Nothing in particular. But I mean, we'll, we'll see. I, I definitely like. I don't know. There's a bit more excitement, like getting to perform in front of your hometown people. Because there's also a lot of familiar faces. There might be something we do different. Yeah, we might uh, trash off that like a some sort of a stage dive situation. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but regardless, there's definitely like more energy behind performance here in jazz well i mean yeah what was the what was the um was it was it 200th anniversary that was yeah yeah, yeah this this how was that that was fun. incredible oh my gosh uh, that was so cool afterwards um there was a ton of fireworks <laughs> and so it was an amazing fireworks show afterwards so it was just like we're on like a high from performing and then we're like oh my gosh fireworks and it was just a really cool Cool night. Yeah. That, that was like a dream come true. That was so sick. Like it, like the the spectacular Jacksonville skyline in the yeah. back. <laughs> uh, like I mean, it, you know, it's like right next to downtown. Uh, I don't, I forget what park that is, but yeah, I think they used to throw some really cool festivals. There. Oh yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. So just really surreal getting to play there. Super awesome. Oh, it had it had a wild you had a wild video that Sam shot there of uh, behind the behind the stage looking out, and I was like, "Oh man, that is awesome!" That is that <laughs> and, the crowd just bouncing up and down. They're going with it. They were oh man, it was good. It was good. Well, how how long do you give it? Uh, like what, it, what you say, like a year or so before you're selling out uh, Vistar Arena? Is that maybe? <laughs> I, I think. Maybe I, I think a year. That's good. Maybe two. I'll be conservative. We'll say two. Two years. Uh, well, side note, I was digging through social media accounts, and I got to say, the jam that Mitch and Devin made, uh, Dodging Bullets, just that, that, oh, that was awesome. This is totally bananas. I appreciate it, man. Had you, had you been coming up with that for a while, or was that just like a one-off thing that you're just like, you know? It was, it was, it was just spontaneous. I, I literally set up a microphone in my room and hit record and then just kind of played what I was feeling. I was like, I have no idea what to do with this, so I'm going to bring it to bitch and see if you can think of anything. <laughs> and yeah. It was 
Wow. So you came up with yours afterwards. So you did. So Mitch, you came up with like the melody stuff after that. Yeah, I just sent me drum stuff. I just put the most aggressive sounds over it. <laughs> oh man, that is wild. That is because like I, I would, I, I think that'd be so hard to come up with like sort of melodies off of just a groove like that to to think of. It, it, why, but that's why I went to Mitch because I've made him do it before. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, that was, that was really fun. Just fun doing. Yeah, man, I I heard, I heard that and I was like, I, I want to put that in a studio. Like, I want to mic those drums up like real deal, so it can just like blow my ears yeah. out and some Beats headphones. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, it was nice. It was nice. So. Uh, like I mentioned before, you guys have these shows coming up throughout the summer. Uh, Mount Joy uh, are a lot of the shows there that you're you're opening for these guys, and you've you've done you've done shows with them before. So I was wondering, uh, Mad Cat, do you have any like any behind the scenes stuff you can tell us? Any backstage stuff that you can share with uh, about Mount Joy that listeners don't know? Um, they. They're so they're they're laughing because we do have an inside joke, but it's not going to make it to the. <laughs> but but anyways, um, they they're so nice. It's really really cool. Um, when we played with them in Asheville, Sam and Matt came into the green room. We're like, hey, are you all feeling good? Like like yeah, they they're the kindest, like super welcoming crew, and they're so down to earth. They're so funny, and I I see like personality similarities between both of us, which is which is always fun. Nice. Um, yeah, they're so nice. Nice. Now I, I I'm trying to think. I'm guessing there haven't been any bands. I mean, you don't have to name any bands, but like I'm guessing there haven't been any that weren't really like mean or just negative that you opened for. No. Yeah. No one. No one's been. Yeah, luckily no one's with me. <laughs> I, I, it, I, Mitch does a good, I just, up, oh, sorry. <laughs> I mess up every interaction with any band I talk to. Uh, How not so? A bad, not, not a bad Every single time. Uh, I don't even know if they know this. And if they're watching this, then they're going to either laugh or I'm messing it up. Again. <laughs> and by pointing it out, like, I don't know, every single interaction, it's weird. I it's like collecting like the infinity stones. Like each member of the band, I have an awkward encounter with, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm four out of five for having just the weird. Like I and it's weird. Like every time I see them, I'm like, this is the day where I don't say something stupid. <laughs> and I I got so close. The last time I was with them in Charlottesville. I was so close. It was the end of the night. And I was like, I haven't done anything yet. I haven't messed up anything. I haven't made him look at me funny. And literally, so within the last 30 minutes of seeing them, I just blew it <sighs> completely. Um, yeah, it was... It, that, so close. I was so close. So he'll, like, he'll, he'll go for a hug when they go for a handshake and stuff like that. It's so fun to watch, man. <laughs> It's, it's probably minimal things, and they're like, "What is he? See? What is he talking about?" But to me, it's like, ah, like I'm screaming in my head. 
we've all been there. I've definitely been there, Mitch. I have definitely done a lot of those moves. Uh, you know, uh, also foot and mouth all the time. Like, you know, somebody will, you you bring up something that you like hate, and they'll be like, uh, "That's that's what I do every day." And you're like, "I mean, yeah. not you though. You're great. That's I'm constantly yeah. doing it." And do you realize when you're doing it, like? In your head, are you like, oh no, I'm ruining it right now. This is this is happening. Yeah, yeah. No, I literally this is it. This is this is the moment that I've been trying to avoid. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's it's, it's once you get enough of those though, then it, it'll just be like that common thing. It'll just be like, you know what? Yeah. Mitch is doing something <laughs> weird again. Who cares? Like, you know, that's yeah. that's good. That's good. Well, Dylan, you're playing Red Rocks. Uh, with Mount Joy, is this the first Red Rocks performance? It is yes, yes. How excited? How excited are you? Very excited. Like we found out, I think we were sound checking up in Nashville, and our book, booking agent walked in, and he was, you know, kind of. We saw him. He was, I don't know. You could tell he had a big smile yes. on his face, <laughs> and he was like, "Hey, how would you guys like to open two nights?" At Red Rocks with Mount Joy, and I think I like jumped off the stage and went and gave him like a jumped into his arms. <laughs> but we were, yeah, it's a really big deal. It's always been our dream venue to play. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know you can get much better than I mean, you know, you can think of some some massive venues. You can think of like, you know, Madison Square Garden and things like that. But like outdoor venues, I don't know if you get any yeah. better than that. Pretty cool. Pretty awesome. Well, Mount Joy is signed to Dual Tone Records. Uh, and right before you guys release Shadow Glow, you guys signed to Dual Tone Records. Uh, now, I've heard some horror stories from other bands about signing with record labels uh they think it's going to be great uh and then there's all these just you know underlining stipulations there's all these things that they they hold paws on they 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 just manipulate too many things dylan how how has the experience been so far with dual tone actually that's that's why we ended up signing with them they, you know, we kind of made that clear from the beginning, you know, our music, our creative process, and they are very, very, uh, there's a perfect amount of hands-off, I would say. You know, they offer their suggestions, but there's never been a, you have to do this, there's never been an A&R person in the studio with us, you know, listening to the creative process, you know, um, it's, it's always been very, yeah, Kind of hands off, you know, let us letting us do our thing on the creative side, um, you know, providing us with yeah, the outreach and the um, connections that have helped us grow in the last year. Uh, and there, it's like a very small team too, so we get a lot of, you know, we get to talk to most of the people personally. Uh, we have a really good relationships with them. Uh, they're really good experience. People call them. They're really cool. It seems like, I mean, you know, you look at the artists that are with Dual Tone, and, and it seems like most of those artists would not stand for a lot of manipulation of their artwork. It doesn't seem like those are the type of, of, of art artists that'd be like, yeah, you can tell me what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I've been a huge fan of for years, so that was another um, thing that got me really excited about working with them those artists that were already on the roster oh yeah 
Oh, yeah. I mean, Amos Lee's on there, which I, I love Amos and, and Guy Clark and just so so many good, good artists. Well, now, uh, another thing I wanted to mention that you guys had that you just released, very exciting, uh, sort of goes along with touring. Uh, Amanda, the photographer who is often on tour with you, uh, she put together a collection of photos uh, that she took uh, on your debut album headline tour across the U.S. And she does she does an amazing job of capturing the fun of touring. I was just I was just telling uh, Sam this earlier. She she makes me say like like why aren't I in this band? Why why, <laughs> why can't I be a part of this band? Which by the way, if you guys need me for a tambourine part, I'm always available. Just keep it in mind. I'm pretty good with tambourine. But regardless, <laughs> I get I every time I see a picture, I'm just like, "Oh, it just it captures that that I, I, uh, just the the spontaneity, the excitement, the fun of shows. Devin, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to. Do you have a favorite Amanda shot that you can think of? Um, I mean there there's so many. I don't know if I can think of a, a specific one off the top of my head, but actually, I, I don't know where it was from, but there's this one shot where I I was just sweating so much on stage and. I was hitting my drums really hard at one point and you can just see all of the sweat spectacles like flying up <laughs> in the air. It looks like somebody dumped water on my kit and it like hit it and it went flying. It was like that amount of sweat. Yeah, she gets a lot of really cool action shots. Yeah, so uh, it's really hard to choose one. She's incredible. Mad Cat, you got one? Ooh, um... There's, I guess the picture that comes to my mind is, um, it was our show in LA. We were, it was a really awesome show for us. Um, we sold out and I remember the crowd, at least people that were in front of me in, in my area, they were, they were so into it. And she got this picture of me, I think it's reaching down, like to give him like a handshake or high five or something. And um, I think that was just cool because it kind of captures that. I mean, I don't know. I guess what I shared with those people that were in front of me. So, so that was, I like that picture. Well, I mean, along with that, because I was thinking about that, a lot of times when I see pictures of myself, I have no recollection of when that was taken. And I'm like, what was I doing? Where was that? Do you look at those pictures and go, that happened? <laughs> Sometimes. I guess, like, I guess if it's like a backstage photo or something, I'm like, oh man, I did not know what that much show that was. <laughs> but sometimes, like, I think it's just if you latch on to at least like one thing or something that happened that day, I'm like, oh yeah, that was that venue because I had really good dinner. Or like, I, yeah, that place had really good fries or like whatever. Stuff like that will help me, I guess, remember. I like it. Attach it to food. I definitely attach yeah. things to food. That is 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great burger. Remembered. Yeah. <laughs> Noted. Uh, I got to say, I think I think one of my favorite shots she's done, uh, because a lot of them get on, uh, get on you guys' Instagram. One of my favorites, I was going back through it. There's one of Tristan and Dylan walking off stage at the Okeechobee Festival, uh, and Dylan smiling, Tristan smirking, and I think, I think you've got your guitar pick in your mouth. I think in the, in the picture, and they look like two gunslingers 
who just like wiped out all the bad guys walking away from the saloon like, yeah, we just did some damage right there. And I'm just like, that, that is a good one right there. That needs to be, for me, that needs to be a flip turn poster, right? That needs to be one of those those 24 by 36s right there. Somebody's bedroom on the back of their, their door. That needs to be there. Uh, now... For the listeners out there, got to make sure the books are still available on Flip Turn's website. Get them while they're available. I'm guessing the uh, the signed copies are, are long gone. I think so. Yeah. Mm. Missed it, listeners. <laughs> Missed it. Should have jumped on it sooner. Uh, now, I want to mention, I, I, I was uh, going through Spotify, and you guys, about a month ago, you guys put up a personalized playlist for each of the band members. Nice short playlist there. Uh, and I was cruising through the playlist, and I gotta be honest, it's like browsing the shelves of an effing independent record store. You guys are you guys are going so deep and diverse. I love it. It's just all, all over the board. So what I did, I picked one of my favorite jams out of each of your five playlists, and I want to I want you to tell me why you think it's a jam. What what do you really like about that jam? So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you all the songs and what they are before, so you have a little bit of time to think about it, and then we'll go back around. So Tristan, I picked uh, "Stay a While" the Cactus Channel. That's what I went with on yours. Uh, Mitch, I went with "Water Baby" Tom Mish. Uh, Devin, oh, yeah. I went "Yippee Kaye" Hippocampus. Uh, Maddie, yeah. "Drive Me Crazy" Little Yachty. And uh, Dylan, I saw the one song from the '70s and I got excited. I went Guitar Man Bread. Uh, that was yeah. that was the one I was fired up about. So I'm coming back around. Tristan, Cactus Channel. What do you love about Stay a While? Um, I think like when like the keyboard composition was like kind of like anticipated, kind of like took up the took kind of thing. It's super cool. I like that, um, and I don't usually like songs, sax, but that one's pretty cool, so it stuck out to me. I like it. <laughs> Every now and then, a little sax, you can't go wrong with it. Every now and then, <laughs> just put it in there, it'll work. Too much? Yeah, it gets a little annoying, but every now and then, just throw it in there, nice. Doom Flamingo, every now and then, they throw in that sax, really nice in their songs. Uh, Mitch, Water Baby, why do you like it? I just looked it up because I forgot the name of the song. It's sampled from another song called My Lady by the Crusaders. Uh, and it's insane how well Tom Mish recreates an already, you know, established song. Uh, it's just, it's my favorite song that he's ever made. I, I'm a huge fan of Tom Mish. Um, but I always go back to that song. Like, if I ever want to listen to something from his discography, it's that song. Uh, I don't know. It just grooves really hard. I think it's like such a learnable song too. With any of the instruments, it's very digestible. Uh, but it's so like it's just the feeling of it. And like listening to the the original song, you can kind of see like how he created it mm -hmm. and modernized it to be like one of the coolest songs I've heard. So nice. Yeah, that's that's why. Nice. Devin, Hippocampus, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, dude, they're kind of like the masters with tones. I, I really, really love 
all of the tones in that song. The drums sound so warm and thick, and Nathan's guitar riff, I mean, that, that riff is just so catchy and sounds so good. And yeah, it, it, that song in particular just has a lot of great energy in it. I really like songs that like you can run to, mm. you know? It's almost like a light job sort of, sort of song. And like, it just shoots off at the end. Like it just takes off. So I don't know, the energy's great. The tones are awesome. It's just like an atmosphere I like to revisit over and over. Love it, love it. Mad Cat, Lil Yachty, what we got? Yeah, that song was such a surprise for me. I think I remember, it was one night I was after a show. Tristan, I was like trying to sleep, and she was like, you have to listen to this song. You have to listen to this album. And I was like, what? He's like, Lil Yachty, his new album is really good. And I was like, oh my God. So I listened to it, and I was like, there's no way this is Lil Yachty. And um, so I've just been obsessed with that song ever, ever since he showed me, but... I love the groove. I love, I, I wish I knew her name, the female vocalist that sings in the beginning. I think she's a producer too. She works on a lot of tracks and she's a songwriter and everything, but her voice is so unique. Like the tone, her vocal tone is amazing. I think just the overall groove is awesome. And we saw Lil Yachty at Okeechobee and that I think was my favorite set of the whole festival. Um, just with the visuals and the band was incredible. I was just like, no one's doing that right now, whatever he's doing. So I was super impressed. And that song is just such a jam. I love it. It is. <laughs> got an awesome bass line. I just looked it up. Diana Gordon. Diana Gordon. She yeah. got, got my last yeah. name. So shout out to Diana Gordon. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, all right. Dylan, guitar man. Uh, yeah, my I, I actually heard that song because my my mom showed it to me when we were driving in uh driving in Fernandina one day and I don't know what it was but sometimes you you hear a song for the first time and she was she was trying to show me this band Bread is you know she was like you gotta listen to Bread I was like okay like my mom just showed me some 70s music like or whatever and uh I don't know it just really caught my attention when she she put it on and like with the slide guitar at the beginning absolutely you know very grabbing, really cool. Um, and then also the, the lyrics were just very relatable. I don't know, you know, about this whole wanting to play even even when the crowds are, you know, thinning out or, you know, just, just this is what you're doing, you know, this is what you want to do no matter what type, type deal is what that song's kind of about. Mm -hmm. And also the strings at the end, out of nowhere, it felt like these, you know, kind of like Radiohead street, like strings, you know, I don't, mm -hmm. I was like, this is, like the 70s, you know, this is before those, you know, because that's always been one of my favorite things about Radiohead is their string arrangements. There was this really cool string arrangement at the end of the song. It's, wow, amazing. But yeah, that was the one song that I just, from that my mom showed me, I was like, oh, this is actually really cool, mom. <laughs> you, you can pretty, you can pretty much guarantee if it's soft rock from the 70s, it's coming from a mom. It's coming from a mom or it's coming from me. One of the two. That's pretty much it's pretty much a guaranteed. Well, it's awesome, awesome playlist. Uh, you know, not as good as is uh, Flip Turn, but you know, awesome songs <laughs> nonetheless. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys one last question. You guys are obviously uh, super busy with touring in 2023. 
but can fans expect new music in 2023? Are there going to be any singles, any albums released in 2023? There, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's going to be stuff released. Okay. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Okay, but you can't give any more. <laughs> no, no, but... Uh, yeah, there's so many cool stuff that we've been working on that's going to be released this year. I mean, you sound you seemed pretty excited about it, but you also seemed pretty tight lipped, Matt Cat. You were you were like, oh, <laughs> mm, uh, mm. yes, we're going to release some things. <laughs> so I'm I'm expecting a lot out of these releases. This is going to be some good stuff. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's going to be like a new. Yeah, I'm just trying to think about what I can say, but it'll be cool. Everyone okay. will like it. Okay. <laughs> Okay. That also sounds like a mantra you've been practicing. It'll be cool. Everybody will like it. Just let's, let's just go ahead. Come on. Let's keep this train rolling, guys. Everybody will like this. Just repeat after me. Well, that's guys, I can't wait to hear it. I'm sure the listeners can't wait to hear it. But we are up against the break. I want to thank you for taking the time again to talk with us. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much. It's so awesome. Of course, of course. Listeners, you can keep up with Flip Turn at their website, flipturn.band, or follow them on social media at Flip Turn. Right now, let's take a listen to Space Cowboy off of Shadow Glow right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Flip turn, Mike. Flip turn. Fantastic, yeah. man. Devin, yeah. Dylan, Mitch, Maddie, Tristan, Mad Cat. Mad Cat. I like that nickname, mm-hmm. Mike. When I thought of it, I was very proud of my nickname, and I was very excited to call her that. And I was going to be very depressed if she was not excited about that nickname. <laughs> yeah. But she was. She was cool with it. Yeah, she was good yeah. with it. And, you know, they put on their, their Instagram just today, they put, uh, she will forever be known as Mad Cat. And I was like, yes! Yes! Yeah, there you go. And I get excited about nicknames, Mike. I get excited. Yeah. But yeah, man, sure. just getting to finish uh, a hangout fest. Which that's a dope. Yeah. That's a dope. Sounds cool. It's right. I don't know if you checked out any pictures of it, Mike. It's right on the beach, too. Word. You know? Oh, really? Yeah. Ah. You're literally like, they're looking out like as far as, as far as the bands looking out into the ocean. Like it's people and then the ocean behind them. It's pretty nice. dope. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. But I am a little upset. That, like, I was really expecting them to be, like, backstage with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I mean, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were on the same yeah. stage. Like, you can't, like, give, like, I mean, yeah. you can't give them backstage passes. What is it, maximum of, like, 100 people back there? I mean, as far as other bands or something, it's fine. They're not going to. Yeah, they always have a bunch of people up there anyway. Like, they're not going to touch yeah. anything. Like, yeah. that'd be one of my demands. They tell me I'm playing Hangout Fest. I'll be like, I'm going to need backstage passes for everybody else, or I'm not doing it. Not doing it. But regardless, still super cool. All right, then you're not booked, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't have to have the backstage. Let's go ahead. We're going to go ahead and work this out here. We're going to have some negotiations, a little give and take. But, uh, <laughs> no, you, you brought up in the break there uh, the um, five points. And I will say, Mike, as a um, attendee a couple of times, it is mm-hmm. fun. But I think in my old age, I would be uh, anxiety-ridden now. Uh, because yeah. it is, it's just a, it's a mosh pit of people, Mike. It is just, yeah. it's literally, like I said, it's just a couple blocks of of city that is just packed full packed full of drunk mm. green colored college students that just <laughs> it's just everywhere mike everywhere like i mean literally it's like 40 50,000 people like it's okay it's ridiculous so what's the move, Doc G? What do you do? You just take like a like a vitamin C tablet before you go, build up the immune system. Uh, ba- the back then, here? I wasn't too worried about it. Back then, you know, I was a robust young buck, and I was just oh going, yeah yeah yeah. I was just sure. going up. But to, now that we're elderly, yeah, I was just going up. <laughs> what do we? <laughs> I was going up to people back then and just like putting my nose in their mouth and being like, yeah, oh, that's good, that's good right yes. there. But no, now yeah, I would have like a, a biohazard suit on. Uh, there we go. It's going through here. Yeah, no, I think the move, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be too worried about the disease part of it, Mike, just because you're outdoors, you know? Oh, yeah. Out- outdoors, and if it's a sunny day, the, the UVs tend to kill pretty much all of your pathogens. 
So, mm. you know, that's okay. that's one of the reasons why you see a lot of times disease go down in summer months. It's one of the one of the reasons. Well, I'm talking about, you know, if I want to shotgun a beer with somebody after somebody <laughs> or also use a beer funnel, you know, I, simultaneously with another person. I would say um <laughs> no, that's impossible. I, I anyway. was about to say I would say refrain <laughs> from that, Mike. I would say that's what you're going to have to do there. I'm sorry, but uh it's just not in the cards if you're trying to remain okay. healthy. Uh All right. The last thing there from the from the interview uh, from the interview, Mike uh, Red Rocks. That is exciting. Yeah. Love Red mm-hmm. Rocks. Um, yeah, that'll be a cool venue for them. Lot of lot of performers have uh, that we've had on the show. Big uh, uh, Big Gigantic. There we go. Oh yeah, they yeah. they basically have like a residency there. They're just there all the time, man. Like I feel like to them it's old hat. They're like, all right, we're well, going to Red Rocks yeah, just again. Another day at Red Rocks. Trying. Yeah. That'd be rough with comedy, though. Yeah, it would be tough, you know. It would be tough because stand-up comedy, you know, ideally you want a small room, low ceilings. You don't want you gotta uh, make like it feel intimate. ceilings. Yeah, yeah. just the, the, the laughter doesn't travel as well outside. Hard to connect with everybody out there. I don't know. Yeah. Plus, you got a little challenge. It's a big stage, too. Like, going over yeah, that whole amphitheater, stage. like, walking yeah. across it, like... You got to be a guy like, you know, like Dane Cook or Robin Williams that does a lot of <clears throat> gestures and running yeah. and just jumping around. And like, you know, I feel like I'd have a more loitering presence of just sort of staying in one area. <laughs> yeah. Just sort of like, here's, this is where I'm going to be standing, everybody. So train mm-hmm. your eyes here. This is it. Yeah. But anyways... So great to talk to Flip Turn again. They are fantastic. Glad they came on the show. Make sure keep an eye peeled for their new tunes. New tunes coming out. But Mike, we need to move on to the fastest growing segment. Say what? The Mike C Top 3. Woo! Yes, indeed, Mike. I'm going to be honest. I was having a little bit of a hard time with this. Because like I told you... um, for the last several months, my dessert has been a uh, protein bar. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, what, back again in my young days, in my youth, what did I really enjoy as a dessert? Hmm. So it took me a little bit. I, was, I, had, yeah. I had some, but I've got three. I mean, I could have gone like 15 if I wanted to. All oh, kinds. for sure. But like, I, yeah. I, I went down to three. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions, Mike? Mm. Texas trash pie. Oh yeah, <laughs> cannoli pie. Mm. Yeah, those are amazing, fantastic. Ten out of ten. Pretty solid. Pretty solid, Mike. I'm gonna go with my number three here. Okay. It's a Florida classic. You got to go down to uh, Key West. You got to go down on Duval Street in Key West. Oh yeah. And get yourself. And I think, I, I know a lot of people are saying right now, listening to this, are like, key lime pie. No, you're wrong, listeners. Mm. You got to get a pound chocolate chunk cookie. They've got pound chocolate chunk cookies. These giant, like, dinner plate size cookies. And they're warm, and they're gooey, and my God, are they delicious, Mike. Mm-mm-mm. <sighs> I'm writing this down, Doctor. I'm going to Key West soon. Do it. Do it, Mike. You will not. I mean, when you were down there last for that bachelor uh, bachelor party, you should have hit one up there. Yeah. 
Should, ah, didn't know about it. Should, less alcohol, more cookies. That's what I always I say. Oh, yeah. But, Mike, you're number three. What do you got? My number three, straight out of uh, Italy, I think. Or maybe it's an American thing. Cannolis. Oh, yeah. I love cannolis. Chocolate chip cannolis. Ah, fantastico. But the, the pie did not yeah. match it, huh? Just the regular cannoli. Oh, you know what? I think the pie... The pie was just as good, I think. Okay, as it like, was. It like was. You know, I would. I would follow it. I'd throw it in the same number three, uh, if I had to interchange. But just cannolis in general, to me, fantastic dessert. And I only started having cannolis when I was like twenty-five. That was the first time I ever had one. Mike, it's impossible for me to hear cannoli and not think of Chris Farley, uh, where he's acting like the old lady reviewing things in the uh, Zagat's review guide. Ravioli, holy cannoli. Love it. Love it. Mike, my number two going up to uh, Georgia for this one. Number two, chocolate pralines from River Street Suites in Savannah. Chocolate pralines. Okay, Jock G, what is a praline? So, you've never had a praline? I maybe. I don't know. (laughs) So, So, pralines are pretty simple. It's basically like sugar and cream. Right, they they look like a little they look like a little tur- turd nugget. They're uh, <laughs> they're they're uh, cream, sugar, and then uh, pecans. That's all they are. Okay. Right. Uh, go ahead and Google pralines. P r a l i n e s pralines. Oh yeah, they look like little um... turd balls. Yeah, well not balls, but like uh, piles. Okay. I see. Oh yeah, those do look fantastic. Yeah. Now, yeah, that looks awesome. Now you get the chocolate pralines because I'm a chocolate man, Mike. I am chocolate man through and through. And you get the chocolate pralines specifically from River Street Sweets. Oh my lord! That's right. They are like chocolate gold. They are so effing good. My God. Mm, I'm writing this down too. I'm gonna get some pralines. Yeah. All right. You can order those um, too. That's an easy one. You can order those yeah. right right from River Street Suites. They will come to your house. They are fantastic. Although I will say, Mike, I have had the ones ordered, and I have had ones actually from the store directly off of River Street in Savannah. They're yeah. better. They're better from the store. They are better. Uh, they are, yeah. they are definitely better. But but you get a pretty good idea. You know. Oh, like, they're still amazing the, yeah. when you order them. Yeah. Don't get me okay. wrong. But okay. but they they are better. They just have a little bit more of a freshness to them when you get them at the store. Just a little bit. And you can actually get them like literally just made. Like so, there's just a hint of like like gooiness, softness to them. Oh oh, get out of town, Wee. Mike. You're number two. Chocolate milkshake, Doc G. Any chocolate milkshake from any location, they are all good. McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, even though it's a controversial place. <laughs> uh, I like Dairy Queen's chocolate milkshakes, but yeah, chocolate milkshakes for me. Mike, you're speaking my language because that is yeah. number one on my list. Hey. But I've got a specific one. Okay. I've got a specific one. Mine is the Belgian chocolate shake from haagen Ah, now believe nice. you me, Mike. Since you are a fan of chocolate shakes, if you go get this chocolate shake, it will be better than any other chocolate shake you have had. So true. And you will be like, my God, I need to have five more of those. Yes! And it doesn't matter if you've already had five of them. You're gonna need five more. 
you never like I have never had a dessert like this, Mike, that it doesn't matter how full I can be, I could still have it. Like I could be like, you know what? I need to have one of those. Like it doesn't <laughs> matter how much food yeah. I have had, I will want another one of these. They are phenomenal. Absolutely yeah, okay. phenomenal. Okay, okay. Your That's number be, uh, that might be a move. Yeah, well, that one's easy too cuz you can get that one anywhere. I guarantee you. There's a you ton know, of them. Yeah. yeah, I guarantee you there's a Haagen-Dazs in in Las Vegas, so you're good. For um, sure, for sure. Mike, your number right. 1. What do you got? My number 1. My number 1 dessert, brownie and ice cream. Mm. Combo uh, always nice, always, always fantastic. Again, any brownie, any ice cream. I was about to say, you're that, going gen generic, Mike. You're going. Yeah. I yeah. Um, there is, I will say, I wanted to say this as my number one dessert, but it wouldn't totally be my number one dessert because I think I've only had it like once or twice in my life. But at Carabas, they have like a brownie, it's called the Sonia de Chocolata, and it's like a brownie cake mm, uh, thing. Mm. It's fantastic. But yeah, brownies and ice cream. Mike, I'm gonna have to get you. I'm gonna have to get you for a late uh, birthday present. I'm gonna have to get you the the brownie of a month club from uh, from oh. Gold, Gold Belly. That'd be woo. Oh my gosh, woo! You get addicted to those brownies, man. Get addicted to them. Mike, do you have our? Uh, uh, Mike C top three topic for next week. Hmm. Yeah, you know, Doctor, you always feel free to tell me if we've already covered these things. I don't think we have, and I, I have a lot of top three ideas, but this was one that I just looked directly at, and uh, top three Disney movies. <laughs> three Disney movies. I'm going to be yeah, honest, Mike. Top three Disney I, movies. I'm, I'm definitely going to go for some of the non-conventional Disney movies here, yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a huge umbrella here. We got, uh, you could do Marvel, and yeah. you really, you know, you could say that, but, uh, but yeah. Disney. Well, as long as they're made by Disney, as long as you got yeah, that little start with the little bloop, with yeah, the little yep. kingdom and everything, yeah. I've got, I've got, I've got two of them that I think are going to make it. Uh, that probably are not going to be on your list. Maybe I don't know. I might be, I don't know. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Anyway, I like it. I like it. Uh, listeners, <laughs> Disney movies top three. Put it down. Top three Disney Important. movies. Important. Yeah. Mike, you are uh, one for two today. Uh, got to get this one to improve your rating. I don't think you're going to get okay. it. Okay. Okay. Um, are you a Zeppelin fan? Led Zeppelin? Not really. I mean, you listen to him, but you don't really. I've listened to him. Do yeah. you know, do you know all their members? No. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I won't get this one then. All right. Born on May 31st, 1948 in Redditch, England. At a very young age, he was attracted to the drums. He started playing the drums on coffee tins. He got a real snare drum from his mom when he was 10 years old and then a real drum set from his dad when he was 15 years old. When he was in high school, he wrote a report about himself to his teacher that said he'd either end up a garbage man or a millionaire. Hmm. And he did. He ended up a millionaire. Uh, he continued drumming after high school and played with several bands like the Nicky James Movement. In 1966, he joined a band with Robert Plant called the Crawling King Snakes. Then he followed Plant when uh, he formed a new band called Band of Joy. In 1968, Jimmy Page wanted to put together a new band after the Yardbirds fell apart, and he recruited Robert Plant, John Paul Jones, and our birthday suit wearer. Our birthday suit wearer became known as a legendary drummer 
with great drum grooves in songs like The Immigrant Song, Fool in the Rain, No Quarter, When the Levee Breaks, and his epic solo on the song Moby Dick that lasts over 20 minutes. So true. Led Zeppelin was one of the biggest rock groups all time, selling over 300 million albums and having uh, the most consecutive number one albums in the UK with eight. They are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They are in the Grammy Hall of Fame. And they have Kennedy Honors. Sadly, in 1980, when the band was rehearsing for another world tour, our birthday suitwear passed away as a result of alcohol intoxication. Led Zeppelin stopped touring and making new music immediately. Since then, many of the greatest rock drummers in the world like Neil Peart, Dave Grohl, Chad Smith, Tommy Lee, all consider our birthday suit wearer to be one of the best drummers of all time. Name that birthday suit wearer. No idea. Yeah, I didn't think so. Bonzo, John Bonham. There you go. John Bonham, Mike, one of the best. John Bonham. I mean, I know you weren't you weren't a drummer at any point in your life. I was. I did a little drumming back in the day, yeah. and he is one of the best. He is definitely one of the best. Just such a, a groove machine, Mike. Such a groove machine. And he did one of these things. So so there's there's a thing you can do as a drummer, Mike. You can play really hard stuff that nobody really wants to groove to, or you can play really hard stuff that everybody wants to groove to. Right? Mm. Like, there's 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 a difference between being able to play really, really difficult stuff and really difficult stuff that actually sounds good. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And For he sure. was able to play really good stuff that actually sounded good. And so he would add these grooves to songs that they weren't necessary. Like, it wasn't necessary. You, he could have just done a normal eighth beat drum pattern of... Yeah. But then he adds in these crazy triplet shuffle. And like, but you don't even notice it like from the start. Like, but then when you start digging deeper, you're like, holy, that is an awesome drum sound. My God, that's cool. Like one of the, 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 the most, you know, noticeable of those is Fool in the Rain. You go back, listen to the song Fool in the Rain. Just such an awesome groove in that song. And just didn't, you know, just came out of nowhere. There was, like, not, like, an even... It, it adds so much to the song, but yet you also... It doesn't overpower the song. So yeah. amazing. So amazing. That's awesome. John Bonham was such, such a fantastic drummer. Sadly, dying way too soon at the age of 32. Just loved to drink, man. Just, I mean, he drank so much. Yeah. So, so, so much. Like, the day that he died, I forget how much... Like, you know, it's in it's in the Wikipedia, but he literally, it was like something like 40 shots or 46 shots over Ooh. the day that he had of, of, of alcohol. Like, just ridiculous. Just, wow. Yeah, he drank, 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 drank too much. Drank too much, You man. would think that your body, like, at, at a point, your body gets used to it. Oh, like, well, it does, but it's just overtoxication. That's the thing, is yeah. it gets used to it. There's a tolerance, but I mean, you know, sure. with any medication, with any drug, there's, there's, there's a maximum, yeah. there's a maximum tolerance, like, mm. you know? But uh, regardless, shout out to one of the greatest drummers of all time. Happy birthday to John Bonham. Shout Mike, out. that means sadly, 
you've got a little bit closer to 50%. Mm-hmm. You, got, yes. you got one for three today. You didn't make that. You got you to gotta hit that two for three. That's what we're <laughs> going for. The two for three is going to keep you up there. We're now at 33 and a quarter out of 63. 33 and a quarter <laughs> out of 63. But next week, I got a feeling, Mike, you're going to nail it. Okay. Next week, you're going to nail it. And next week, we have a fantastic show. We have yes! the amazing Dwayne Betts on the show. Hometown hero. He's going to be playing uh, right here at Intuition Ale uh, here in Jacksonville. I can't wait to talk to him. It's going to be fantastic. Mike knows... I've been I've been sending him some of the people that we might get on the show, and I'm not going to jinx it, but they're pretty fantastic. All stars, yeah, all stars. They're pretty yeah. fantastic, and if we can get them, it will make my day. I'll be pretty jazzed. Uh, but until next week, guys, we are going to zip it up for now. We are going to wrap mm-hmm. it up for now. So I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Fernicus Charette. Always a pleasure, Doc G. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doo doo. Zippity doo doo.